1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I want to read with you this morning just the first four verses. Paul is writing here, and he begins with verse 1, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of His Word. You may be sitting there this morning and thinking to yourself, didn't He just talk to us last week about the resurrection? Haven't we already gone through that season of Easter, that season of, of, of new life, of resurrection, of what Jesus Christ has done for us? Why didn't He talk about this just last week? Well, the fact of the matter is that the topic of life and death has been on my heart and my mind very heavily over the last couple of weeks. And there are a couple of reasons for that. One is because of the season of Lent, the season of Easter, where we celebrate the fact that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ died on a cross, was buried in a tomb, but three days later came out. And so naturally during this time of year, life and death is on your mind. But also because I lost a dear friend whom we buried just last night. And I stood there... And I prayed, Lord, please let me, let me get through my part. Let me be able to make it through the words that I have to say. Let me be able to sing the song that I've been asked to sing. But when I came off that stage just last night, I lost it. Last night was the first time for me that I've ever had to preside over the funeral of someone very close to me. A dear friend. 28 years old is too young. But I was able to make it, and I was able to do what I had been requested from the family. But today I cannot get Tyler off my mind. Life and death has, has been a recurring theme for me over the last couple of weeks. Notice how today's passage begins in verse 1. Paul writes, Now I would remind you, brothers. Now I would remind you, brothers. So today's message is just a reminder. Just a reminder, I know we've gone through it, we talked about the resurrection last week, but Paul is writing in this passage of Scripture and he's saying, hey, hold on guys, let me remind you one more time. I know I've preached this gospel before, I know I've told you what has happened, uh, that we serve a risen Savior, that He is no longer in a tomb, but I need to make sure that you get it, that you accept it, that you believe that this gospel is real, that you believe that Christ died for your sins and that He is no longer dead, Paul is saying. As I look at this passage of Scripture this morning, there are several things that I notice that I want to share with you that Paul is sharing, that he reminds us of in this passage. And the first is simply this, is that the gospel is pretty simple to understand. The story of the gospel, the message that it contains, that applies to our lives, is pretty easy 
to understand. Notice verse 1 and verse 2 with me again. Paul writes, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word that I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. The Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. That has been referred to by many great thinkers in the church as the Gospel in a nutshell. The greatest giver, God, the Creator of heaven and earth, the One who spoke this world that we live in into existence, He sent the greatest gift, His only Son, Jesus Christ, to do the greatest work, the redemption of mankind. John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus is speaking and He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. He is the only way. He is the propitiation, Scripture says, for our sins. He is the sacrifice or the atonement for our sins. Because He died, we can have life. Do you know about that today? I'm not asking if you know about Him with just a head knowledge, but do you truly know Him? As I stood on that stage last night and I thought about my friend and I thought about all that had taken place and I thought about the wonderful worship and the celebration of his life that we were a part of, one thought kept ringing in my mind. I posted a scripture the other day on Facebook and I said the same thing. I'm glad I know where he is. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you've lost a family member. Maybe someone close to you has died. Maybe even recently... I heard someone say the other day, matter of fact, you were with me, Phil. You heard Jerry say it. He said, I didn't lose my wife. I know where she is. He knows where she is today. I know where Tyler is today. He is with God the Father because of what Jesus Christ has done for him. And I want to to make sure this morning, just as Paul wrote in this passage of Scripture, I just want to remind you about what he did. I want to make sure that you get it. The gospel is actually pretty simple to understand. It's not that difficult. The question is, is He in you? I borrowed that from Gatorade. I know you've heard the phrase, is it in you, Gatorade. Well, is He in you? Has He made a difference in your life? Has He saved you and changed your heart and given you a new spirit? There are plenty of things about this book that are difficult to understand. You've heard me stand here and say it before. You could pull a hundred pastors into this room. Good Bible teaching, Bible preaching pastors or theologians. And you could find maybe two or three of them who would agree on the book of Revelation. Those are things that we don't understand, that we disagree on, that are hard to wrap our minds around. But the fact of the matter is the gospel is not that difficult. Jesus died. He is alive. And that sacrifice gives us life. And life abundantly. My question this morning is, have you experienced that new life in Jesus Christ? The gospel story is 
pretty simple to understand. But the second thing that I notice in this passage of Scripture is that the grace of the gospel is glorious to receive. The grace of the gospel is glorious to receive. Notice with me verse 3. Paul writes, For I delivered to you as of first importance. He's saying this is the most important thing that, that I also received. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. I delivered to you as of first importance that Christ died for you. Have you received that, he's saying. He said in verse 1, The gospel I preached to you which you received in which you stand. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans that there is none righteous, no, not one. That we are all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But God. Thank God for that word, but. But God has made the difference and that is glorious to receive. Let me ask you this morning, if you knew that you had a cure for a disease be it cancer or diabetes or whatever it would be, you knew that there was something that could make a difference in the lives of of untold millions of people across this world, would you not share it? Would you not want to to go to the, the, the first news station you could find and broadcast it to as many people as possible and save lives? What about with our faith? What about with what Christ has done in our hearts and our lives, those of us who know Him? In us, we hold the cure for sin, the the, the cure for suffering and pain and despair. On Wednesday nights over the last few months, we've been talking, as I mentioned, about that, uh, that book, Improving Your Serve by Dr. Swindoll. And it speaks about servanthood. Friendship evangelism, reaching out to people by serving them. Even when it's not a big deal, whether, whether it's just writing a note or, or cooking a meal or, or, or reaching out with an encouraging word, but sharing Christ in real and tangible ways. Let me ask you this morning, what are you doing to share the cure? You've heard of the organization Komen for the Cure. And they're dedicated to, to, to eradicating breast cancer. What about this morning harvest for the cure? We have it. We know what Christ can do. Are we not passionate about sharing it with other people? Is it not a glorious thing that we've received? Is it not a wonderful work that Christ has done for you and I? Let's embrace that this morning and know that He is a good God who has saved us, who has changed our very lives. And now He's called us to share it. To go and tell someone else. To reach out to them with the message that Christ is risen. And that He can change your life. The gospel story is pretty simple to understand. It's glorious to receive. But thirdly, this morning, the sacrifice of the gospel is incomprehensible. The latter part of verse 3 in our passage today says that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. The Gospel is incomprehensible. Well, wait now, Weston, you just say that it was pretty simple to understand? Well, yeah, I did. But now stop for a moment and think about what God did for you. 
Let that thought enter your mind. The sacrifice that He made in giving His one and only Son so that you could have life. So that your world could be different. Max Lucado wrote this. He said, consider what He gave. His only Son. Would you offer your life? Would you offer the life of your child for someone else? There are those for whom I would give my life, but ask me to make a list of those for whom I would kill my daughter. The sheet will be blank. I don't need a pencil. The list has no names. But God's list contains the names of every person who ever lived. For this is the scope of His love. And this is the reason for the cross, that He loves the world. He ends it by saying, how wide is God's love? Wide enough for the whole world. Are you included in the world? Then you, my friend, are included in Christ's love. Are you thankful for that this morning? That is absolutely incomprehensible. That someone could give the life of their child so that you and I could have life. So that you and I could live. I'll never understand it. I'll never be able to do it. But I'm thankful for it. It's incomprehensible. But the last thing that I want to share with you this morning is that the victory of the gospel is life. The victory of the gospel is life. Look with me at verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul writes that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. Yes, you think. Christ is alive. We celebrated it last week. We believe it. We hold to it. We cling to it. It is true. But because He lives, we can now live. How can this be? Listen to Paul's words in his letter to the church at Ephesus. He writes in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, he says, "...and you were dead in trespasses and sins." in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In verse 1, the King James actually says, And you hath He quickened. I love that word. It's always been a favorite word of mine. And you hath He quickened. What does that mean? It means made alive. Or more literally, it means you have been resurrected if you are in Christ. The same power that He used to raise Jesus Christ from a tomb is the same power that is applied to our lives at the moment of salvation. He's quickened us. 
And now because we've been quickened by Christ, we are dead to sin and alive to righteousness through the power of His resurrection. Does that not stir our souls this morning? Does that not bring a smile to our faces? Does that not make a difference in our lives that He has made us alive? That He has changed our lives? As I said when I began this morning, death has been a subject that has weighed heavily on my mind the last couple of weeks. I didn't expect to wake up on a Monday morning and find out that a dear friend had passed away. I didn't expect that when I talked to him Friday night, it would be the last time I ever heard his voice. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So you have to live today. And real life only comes about as a result of what Christ has done for us. 1 Corinthians 15 and verses 1 through 4. Now I would remind you, brothers of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. The gospel message this morning simple to understand. It's glorious to receive. It makes a difference in our lives. It changes who we are. It's a glorious thing. The sacrifice of the gospel is incomprehensible that He would send His Son to die for me and for you. But the victory of the gospel is life. Do you know life this morning? Is Christ in your heart? Has He made a difference in your life? I pray that that's so. If not, I pray you'll find Him today. Just a reminder. Let's pray. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we come to You today praising You for who You are. For what You've done for us. Yes, Easter is over. We've talked about it already. But Paul in this passage of Scripture is saying, Lord, I've got to remind my brothers and sisters. I've got to make sure they get it. And Lord, this morning I pray that those of us here today truly get it. That the gospel changes lives. That it's not hard to understand. Jesus died for us. And He's alive. And because He's alive today, we can be alive. And that is a glorious thing to receive. I'll never understand it. It's incomprehensible, the sacrifice that you as a father made for all of us. That your only son would die on a cross so that we could know life. 
And that is the victory. That He is no longer in a tomb. And because He is no longer in a tomb, we can now be made alive, quickened, resurrected. No longer spiritually dead, no longer following after the God of this world, but alive to righteousness, alive in Christ. This morning, Lord, I pray two things specifically, that you will encourage those here today that that know that gospel, that have been renewed and changed because of what Jesus Christ has done, that you will encourage them and lift them up and remind them of the gift that they've been given so that they will be encouraged to tell someone else. But Lord, I also pray that if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you, that hasn't made that choice, that decision to follow Jesus, that today would be their day of salvation, that they would come to know you as Lord. Father, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for what you have done for us. We'll walk in that light. We'll walk in that truth. It's in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen.